This is Victoria Schnepps, publisher of Schnepps Media, your number one source of local news in the New York City region. And today I bring you Power Women. Feel the power of our podcast and the people I'm talking to who are coming to you from schnepsbroadcasting.com and wherever podcasts are found. Today I am delighted to be talking with Lizanne Fontaine. Lizanne wears many hats in her professional life. She's counsel to VIP Community Services in the Bronx, which working with people with addictions. But in her personal life, she is board chair of Brooklyn Hospital and this year chair of their Brooklyn 175. Welcome, Lizanne. How are you today? I am well. Thank you for that kind introduction. Well, you know, we have many hats as women. I think we are the geniuses of multitasking and how we use our time. And I think you're doing some great, important work. But I wanted to have you go back in time and just try to share with our listeners what it is that your growing up years were to be able to ultimately got a degree in nursing, to get a law degree, to bring up seven children... What? Five, what? Five. five, five, three, tri- three. Tri- we had triplets, so that's three and two is five. Thank you for correcting me. So, would you share with me what was your growing up like that gave you the strength to do what you do? Well, thank you for the question. I, I grew up uh, in Staten Island, so I've always been in different boroughs of New York City. But I spent my summer every summer until I went to college. I spent every summer in a very small town in Iowa where my mother had been raised, and where my grandparents ran the town newspaper. Oh, my. My grandmother was a very remarkable woman, particularly for her era. And I think because the um, ability to see a strong woman up close was great, and I had the chance to grow up in one place and spend significant time in another, and it was a great lesson and reminder to me that when you get beneath the surface differences, People are very, very much alike, and that's been very helpful to me as I've spent the latter part of my career in um, underserved medicine, sometimes as a nurse and sometimes as a lawyer, but with people who come from challenging backgrounds. But once again, I find a great commonality amongst all of us. Well, Iowa is another world, and you wouldn't think it would be the same, but yet you did find strength from your Iowa summers. Yes, I did. You know, the, your grandparents sounded like extraordinary people. It, they were, and my grandmother, in, in addition, when it was not enough for, her, for them to run the town newspaper where my mother grew up, my grandmother on her own bought up the neighboring town newspapers. Aww. And she, it, was just, it was a remarkable thing to see, while at the same time running a household and raising children. Well, I can relate to that, you know, being in the news business myself and having four children. So it's, it is a great balancing act. And I wanted you to share with us a little bit about what you're doing today, because I know that you have your fingers in this big pot of Brooklyn Hospital that has really been raising its level of quality and service to the Brooklyn community. Let's talk about Brooklyn Hospital and then their special event coming up. Um, I, got in board, I got on the board of Brooklyn Hospital shortly after I got out of nursing school in 2001. And 
my commitment to it has remained strong because I think it's still such an important role in the fabric of Brooklyn. It is a community hospital, it's an independent hospital, and it strives to address the healthcare needs of the people that live closest to it. At the same time, as we all know, the downtown Brooklyn area is morphing and changing and exploding. So we have all we have a variety of clientele and we want to provide good, compassionate care to everyone who walks through our doors. Um, at the same time, and very excitingly so, it is on the precipice of the celebrating its 175th anniversary. Wow. Is the oldest hospital in Brooklyn. So it gives us a wonderful chance to celebrate the hospital's history and the hospital's history as mirrored in Brooklyn and all the people that have made Brooklyn the place that it is. Well, I know that you're planning a special event. So tell us a little bit about this 175 event. So next year, we'll be celebrating our 175th anniversary, and we're doing it with a series of celebrations and galas. But one of, the, one of our really interesting initiatives is that we are receiving nominations for 175 people that have made Brooklyn the iconic place that it is, either people in our history or people who are with us today. And um, next month, we'll be shining a light on several of them, including you, Vicki, I'm, I'm excited to say. Thank you. Um, I'm excited myself, particularly where we're doing it. Share with them about the location and the person that is bringing that piece together. It, um, we're delighted that one of our new board members is Deirdre Quinn, who is the founder of Lafayette 148 um, Clothing Company, which is the only vertically integrated clothing company in the United States. They now, wait a second. I've got to stop you because would you explain what that means, vertically integrated? Yes, I have so, um, it does the whole thing. It sources the fabric, um, designs the clothes, makes the clothes, and sells the clothes, whereas many designers do some or part, but they don't do all. And it's currently headquartered. Um, Deirdre has consolidated all her operations, except for manufacturing, which takes place in China. Um, all the other operations now are consolidated at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. And Which has been reinvented as a huge hub for business and manufacturing. You are so right. And we took a wonderful tour there recently. And the space that Lafayette 148 occupies there is impressive. But the whole hub, as you said, is equally impressive. So there's going to be a fashion show there. I think it's October 2nd, hosted by um, Deirdre and then the chance to present the medalists, as we're calling them, um, a new crop of medalists, of which you'll be one, and just the chance to um, really shine a light on some remarkable women, in this case, um, who have made Brooklyn what it is. Well, you know, I'm very excited about the opportunity to be recognized, but I think I'm a little more excited about going shopping in her fabulous designs. So, you know, who knew that it was in the Brooklyn Navy Yard? It's such a juxtaposition of uh, the Navy Yard image to what it was, to what it is today. What was your tour there like? It, oh, it's just remarkable. I had been there at one point to see Steiner Studios, but just the evolution of it from, you know, the shipbuilding origins to a period of relatively little use to really being, being this booming place where so many things are made, so many businesses are moving in, and it's become, once again, I think as it was during World War II, almost a city within a borough, well, <laughs> a city within a borough. 
So we, I have to, I have to cut you short because that reminds me, you know, of this whole new world, of uh, a city. And to me, you brought up a city because after having two children, you had triplets. How did you handle that? Share with us how you dealt with it. Um, well, once I got over the initial shock, because um, as I had mentioned to you previously, I didn't find out until I was over four months pregnant. Once I got over the shock, shock, it, I had to be as positive about it as I could because I already had two children, as you said, and we got, grew increasingly excited. I was blessed. What was um, the time? What was the age difference between the two younger ones and the triplets? When the triplets were born, my oldest was seven, then my, his, his sister next in age was three, and then obviously I had three on the same day. Um, they were born on July 14th, which is that field day, so I often say we were all liberated on that field day. <laughs> Great. And they were good, I mean, particularly, this was 29 years ago, I may say, um, and particularly at that time, they were extraordinarily healthy, and they, weren't, they, they didn't have to spend time in the NICU, and... I felt very lucky that I was able to bring them all home together five days later. Um, and because I was working and because I had two older children, I did have help, not live in help, but I did have help. So that made, of course, a tremendous difference. And um, I found that my biggest focus was trying to steal time to spend with them individually so that I was raising each of the children, you know, individually as opposed to raising the triplets collectively, if you will. So, I, I mean, I, I'm just trying to picture three screaming children wanting their feeding because, I mean, how many times a day does a baby be fed? How did you sleep? Um, I did, for the first six weeks, um, have someone come in for the night to stay overnight, and it was great, but I also, at a certain point, just wanted to see if I could swing it. <laughs> um, so... At the beginning, there was not a whole lot of sleep, honestly, but we got, I got them to sleep through the night fairly early on, and once, and as you know, you've had four, once you're getting, you know, five, six hours consistently, it's not as much as you would like, but it, you, you can function, and I think there's something about a group dynamic. All There's many difficulties about having a large group, but on the other hand, they sort of fall in and cooperate in ways because they want to be part of the group dynamic. So I would not minimize it, and I probably don't remember all of it, but it did settle into something approximating a routine. And in fact, when the triplets went to kindergarten, I went to nursing school. Oh, my goodness. It wasn't enough. Now, where did you have your original degree from? Well, I had my undergraduate degree from Dartmouth College. I was in the second class of women. And then I came back to New York, and I, went, I got my law degree, and then 20 years later, I went back and got a nursing degree. Now, what made you do that? You know, it's one of those things that even to this day, I have trouble really articulating. I just had this sense that it would be interesting and meaningful. And in fact, I, at that point, I was writing for a legal publication on computer law, of all things. And a lot of material crossed my desk that had to do with the intersection of health and technology. And I got increasingly drawn to healthcare, and I thought I would try, try getting a nursing degree, even though I kind of avoided science for most of my academic life. And what I have found is things are not as dissimilar as we think. Things kind of blend and combine in very interesting ways. And certainly I've been lucky in my career to 
call upon my law degree when I was nursing and call upon my nursing degree when I was practicing law. Remarkable. So it was, um, I feel very lucky, and it wasn't that I was dissatisfied as a lawyer. It wasn't that I knew any nurses particularly. It was just something that I thought I would uh, I would respond to, and I thought I could, you know, perhaps make a difference. You talk about the title of a power woman. I think you have the epitome of that, both with your brilliant education and then this beautiful family. Just tell me quickly: are the are the triplets good friends with each other to this day? They're, they're very, what, what kind of what did you have, in boys and girls? I had two boys and a girl, so that gave me a grand total of three boys and two girls. Perfect. And now we have three grandchildren and one on the way, and maybe with time we'll have more, but I'm very, very delighted to be a grandmother, and um, I'm very, very lucky to have a big family, bigger than I had intended or expected. Well, you know, you to me are the epitome of a woman who not only has a beautiful family, but you've navigated the career. So what would you say would be some secrets to your success that we, you could pass on to other women who would hope to be as successful as you are? Well, I don't know that I would presume, but since you've asked, and thank you, I think holding yourself open to new possibilities, realizing it's okay to make changes, um, grabbing opportunities, even if they don't seem even if other people think they seem out of sequence or out of order or different, that's fine. Sometimes your career, when you look back, makes more sense than when you're trying to piece it together in real time. And finally, I think one thing that women, and you, you referenced this, Vicki, women are good at using small amounts of time. And I think it really is possible to do a lot if you use the little the 15 minutes here, the 10 minutes there to, you know, tend to a baby, Memorize what you need to memorize for school. Write something that you need to write for work. Little bits of time are extraordinarily useful. So I think the combination of grabbing hold of opportunities and using the time you have to the utmost and just kind of enjoying it all. It's, you know, a diverse and wonderful life is a great privilege. So um, I guess that's my advice. Well, I love to hear that because I think I, that's what makes my life exciting too, being in the news business, is every day is a different day and to be hearing what you've done to accomplish the great things you've accomplished is, and giving back to Brooklyn in the way you are with Brooklyn Hospital. I am looking forward to being seeing you in person very soon and to be able to help support the wonderful work you do at the Brooklyn Hospital. It's been great talking with you and I'm delighted that we had to Today with us, Lizanne, who is Fontaine, Lizanne Fontaine, who is now a chair of the board of Brooklyn Hospital and also counsel to VIP Community Services. This is Victoria Schneps, publisher of Schneps Media, your number one source of local news in the New York City region. Feel our power. See you next time. Bye. (music) 